When we're looking at sociology from a historical perspective, we realize it's a number of different theories that pull together to explain life and the, so the social context that life is found in. When you look at something like psychology, it's a study of the individual, how they interact within their environment, how different um, situations are processed internally by them, um, how they think and how they feel. Um, where we're looking at sociology as being society at large, both um, from a very small scale setting as we talked earlier, micro-sociology, to a very large scale structure, macro-sociology. Uh, there's a great number of different individuals that um, are credited with the development of sociology itself. One individual to know, Auguste Comte, um, developed the concept that sociology could be studied and researched and that sociology should be accepted as a science. He felt that individuals could do research and from a philosophy standpoint, he felt that the observation of community, the uh, situations that people find themselves in, the way that they are raised and taught all impacted the way that they interacted and felt. Many sociologists have studied individuals that have come from other cultures and other countries. We understand that cultural underpinnings are very significant in how an individual interacts, how they talk, how they look, their verbal inter interaction and communication, their nonverbal interaction and communication. We understand that the situation you're born into. I work with two different individuals that are one of 10 kids in their family. And so every aspect of life impacted them because they were the older sibling or the younger sibling or they were the one who could drive and they could run people around. It impacted their ability to get educated, to get loans for college or to have their school paid for. It impacted um, their marital relationships. One that I work with now, trying to factor in all the times that she has to be involved in her family of origin and their situations, graduations, marriages, and things. That's an important aspect of her family. Family is very close, but she can also talk about the struggles that she had being one of 10 individuals within her family. So we look at that dynamic and we understand where I'm one of two individuals, two kids in my family. My sister is five years older than me much more mature than I am. So it was really like my family had two different sets of two different sets of children. We weren't close until adulthood. And then in adulthood, we really can exchange roles very easily. We think and act alike. And so people can meet me and know exactly who I'm related to because our natures and personalities are so much um, alike in adulthood where we were so diverse in college. My parents said they sent two kids to college, one to learn and one to have fun. Fun. That was what I came to college for. But that aspect of fun and enjoyment, a long journey of learning, wonderful research in my master's program, enjoying classes in a PhD program, really wanting to learn an ongoing uh, stretching, professionally developing, uh, starting to understand how other people perceive the world, very important aspects of life. And so for me, not the stellar student, but a lifelong student. Um, can relate to many of the people that um, are studying in today's culture and society to have the ability to be able to engage in an electronic community, to be able to also, though, through um, assignments, connect with people in a small-scale setting. Such uh, an enjoyable process. Three theories that we're going to talk a lot about throughout um, the semester, three theories that are really encapsulated in all of the chapters we talk about are the class conflict theory, 
um, developed and um, overseen by Karl Marx, uh, structural functionalism that um, looks at those things that are functional, that work well together, how society and the parts of society fit well together, and then dysfunctional, how when those um, systems break down, people react or interact in a way that would be seen to be dysfunctional. And the third, symbolic interactionism, what meaning that we put to the symbols that are in our world. And symbols can be everything from communication and language to um, just even our role within our family and within society around us. So when I look at class conflict theory, we're talking about fighting over scarce resources. Uh, on our campus at Liberty University, it's parking. I love to bring up that word in the whole class. I'll have 120 students and they'll start laughing because really there's more students than there's parking spots. Um, and so we'll talk about the fighting for um, those scarce resources. I know as a faculty, I'll arrive on campus before eight in the morning so I can secure a spot because I'll be on campus all day teaching. Um, I may take and park over at the adoption agency I work with and grab a shuttle bus and ride over if I'm gonna be coming onto campus later on. But it's such a simple thing as that, where for people in today's economy, it can be jobs. Um, for individuals that are going through a divorce, it can be um, fighting over who gets to maintain custody of the child. Um, the difference between physical custody and financial responsibility in custody. Um, I work with pregnant teenage girls, and at times, they'll want to hold on to the custody of their child. They don't want the birth father to be involved but they want him to pay child support. And they can't see the linking of, if you want him to invest in the child in a financial manner, he's also gonna to wanna to invest in the child in an emotional manner and in a relational manner. And even maybe if he doesn't, his extended family may want to. Um, in the community as we were working together, I would often work with a family assessment and planning team or a group where uh, the family, it's called family group conferencing, where the extended family and community of friends could step up and help a child that's involved in corrections because uh, they would realize that without their support, the child couldn't be successful. So that family could be fighting for scarce resources because from their perspective, no one's there to help them. And it would be my job to help them see, well, let's look beyond just this core element of who's involved in your life to who are those external people. Maybe the birth father, maybe your ex-husband doesn't want to be involved, but maybe his mother wants to or his sister wants to, and we need to pull in those resources to help individuals. So fighting for scarce resources can be financial, they can be emotional, it can be material. When we're looking at functional analysis, it's the interactions, the way things fit well together. A student at this university may be taking classes, but if they don't understand how to write their assignments, if English is their second language, if they struggle with some kind of academic uh, disability, they may not have a good and successful college career. So it's our job through resources on campus to help them resolve those conflicts and learn how to write a good paper. We have a writing lab to be able to learn how to test. We have the testing tutoring center. Uh, time with your professors. I say to my students all the time, get with me and I will gladly work with you on how to do better in my test. But please don't refuse to study for a test and then get frustrated. We gave a test recently online and I had a student get a perfect score and I wanted to look at how long it took her and she took the test in 12 minutes. Okay, there's someone in every group that does that well and they don't struggle with testing, but she may struggle with writing. Where I can present and engage people and keep people laughing and telling silly stories, 
oh, I'm that person who takes a long time to take their test and I struggle with it. And so from the uh, venue of looking at how things function together, my sister, straight A student, on a roll all the way through Liberty University when she was here, me not so much. My mother would compare us, why aren't you like her? There's lots of reasons why I'm not like her. I really love to engage and invest in people. So a lot more of what I did at the university was counseling and supervising and taking time to work with my students. I loved my studies and I struggled really well to be successful, but I embraced the thing that oftentimes I was probably a B student. I wasn't the straight A student, but that didn't mean I wasn't as bright as someone else. I just had a different skill set. So when we get into looking at um, counseling and understanding, we can talk about Gardner's multiple intelligence that everyone can succeed um, as they interact well within their own gifts and their own strengths. So when we look at structural functionalism, we're going to look at how things work well together to cause things to function and be successful, but then how at times when that system breaks down, there is dysfunction. Um, a, a, an example of dysfunction in academic setting can be people who are cheating. Um, it can be individuals who think that by buying a paper online, they own that paper so they can claim that paper. And we've met people, students, who feel that way. I bought my car, it's my car. I bought that paper, it's my paper. It's called plagiarism. It's cheating. It's an ethical concern. So there's a dysfunction in that system. That student may feel very smart that they got out of writing an assignment because they bought the assignment, but they didn't live up to the honor code or to an aspect of integrity that education should supply. Uh, when we look at symbolic interactionism, what is the meaning that we commit to the symbols or the activities within our daily life? As Christians, we hold in high accord the cross, the Bible, baptism, uh, the Lord's Supper. Those are symbols of our faith, but each aspect of an individual's faith might be honored in a different manner. Um, there may be someone who um, does not believe in immersion for baptism. There may be someone else who does. There may be someone who their church, it's much more underwriting from the perspective of investing in individuals, helping them help people to be successful, where another faith base may be very evangelistic motivation and geared. So again, the symbols, those things that we hold to being very important in what we value, I wear a wedding ring. My husband wears a wedding ring. The symbol behind that is that we are in a committed relationship. And for us, um, we made that commitment 26 years ago with the idea that we would never choose to divorce, that we would always stay intact in that marriage, that we would always make sure that we had a close relationship. He's a police officer. We never get off the phone. We never leave each other without saying we love you and without making sure that that relationship is intact because I know that he could potentially be harmed in the line of duty. Um, taking that example, being married to a police officer, um, part of sociology is looking at your achieved and your ascribed statuses. Um, ascribed status would be those things that you're born with. I am female. I was born into a military family, so I'm the daughter of a 30-year Marine. Things are very black and white to me. The rules are the rules. I've been a Christian since a very early age, so I believe in Scripture, and I believe in the fact that the Bible has to be the underlying guide to every decision and every aspect of what I do. My children being born to 
into a family that has a police officer as the dad and a social worker as a mom had to know that we check out things, we're very engaged, we understand community culture. I try to keep very much aware of what is technically sound and how students and kids interact today. And so I ask them a lot of questions and they know it'd be pretty hard to get away with something because of knowing people and people in the community. I have students who are like, oh man, I'm not gonna try to pull that over on Miss Cole because she's gonna read right through me. That is my nature, that's my personality because of the environment I was raised in. The um, achieved statuses are those statuses that are related to our jobs. I'm married, so I've, I've achieved a marriage relationship. I also have three children from that marriage. I'm a university professor based upon my education, but also my experience as a social worker for 25 years. I teach at the university, but I also oversee an adoption agency because I want to keep my hand in the field of social work. I want to be able to bring my knowledge to a facility, but I also want to bring the knowledge that I learned from that work into my teaching. Um, I feel great success when I'm able to help my students find placements out in the community, find jobs, um, be able to apply the things that they do. So for me, sociology is and social work, applying the concepts and the theories that we know. There's a very big need for research. We're gonna be talking about that soon, but also just an ability to interact and engage individuals and help improve the quality of their life. One aspect that um, we talk about in sociology and looking at the historical development is social Darwinism. There is one aspect of, of Herbert Spencer talked about how when we do sociological research, we should only take and learn and study why people behave the way they behave and that we should not try to change their world or their environment. So we call that social Darwinism. It's talking about the evolutionary process of society. And if people are strong and they can adapt, fine. They can be successful. If they're not strong and they're not willing to adapt, oh well, then they're gonna die. That's their problem. If you ever saw anything related to like a Christmas carol, you hear Scrooge quoting that. Aren't there enough you know, uh, jails and prisons? Aren't there enough workhouses? If not, let them die. Let them decrease the surface population. A very big aspect of some parts of sociological research where I fall on the other side and think sociological research should be done to enhance people's lives, not learn helplessness, not do it for them, but to give them the tools and give them the ability to improve the quality of their life, be more successful, um, to be able to feel fulfilled and confident in the, the roles and the decisions that they, that they make. So from a historical perspective, sociology being a soft science, relating to um, the individual's work and, and the development of society and our ability to help through interaction, engaging people, helping them see the limitations and the strengths of their ascribed status, the situations they were born to, but then also um, supporting them and helping them move into their achieved statuses so they can feel comfortable with who they are and who they were designed to be in God.